Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Kevin, the developer behind the upcoming title known as Chaotic Era. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Josh. No problem. I'm glad you could make it. And uh, like we do on every episode, let's just start this off right getting to know you as the person behind the video game, right? We want to know who you are, what you do, how you got into game creation, and why you're here today. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm super uh, stoked to be here. Uh, yeah, let's talk about me. Why not? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> my name my name is Kevin, uh, Kevin Donnelly, and uh, I am the co-founder of Bobby Technology, which is a game dev studio out of, uh, out of Toronto. Um, me and my co-founder, uh, Gabriel O'Flaherty Chan, aka Gabe, uh, met actually many years ago when we were working together on the experimental products team at Shopify found really quickly that we had a, a shared love for video games, sci-fi, and all sorts of other cool stuff. And uh, and from there, we decided to start working together on a few different projects. And so, um, you know, our, our first release was a, a camera app called Emoji Vision that turned everything into emojis, as you might guess from uh, from the name. And, and that <laughs> had a lot of interesting traction. It went a little viral in Japan, which was super cool. Oh, that um, is cool. It, it, was, it was a very interesting time. And so... From there, we were like, you know what? Let's just start making games and let's try and make more cool stuff that uh, that we've been thinking about a lot. So, um, yeah, from there, we, we started on Chaotic Era, which was our our uh, next big project. And we've been working on that now for about three or four years, I'd say. Wow. Wow. All right. So three or four years. Uh, tell me a little bit about the company before we dive into the game as well, right? Uh, Bobby Technology. That is an interesting name for a company because neither of you were named bobby what's going on there <laughs> yeah so we we do get that one a lot um <laughs> it is boring as it sounds actually maybe it's not that boring but we both love king of the hill okay uh, yeah to put it plainly and yeah. uh you know we were we were kicking around hey we got to name this company if we're going to be doing this uh, in an official capacity and and bobby just seemed just seemed right it just seemed like the the perfect fit you know, yeah. en enigmatic and and uh, mysterious and and uh, an ode to to one of our favorite cartoon characters. All right, well, goddamn it, Bobby, we got <laughs> it. I I like it. I mean, sometimes it's it's not always you know the the most grandiose of reasons, <laughs> uh, but it is a reason nonetheless, and I enjoy it. Uh, so you ended up meeting together. What was the point where you said, because, you know, you worked on this emoji vision uh, type app and then you said, you know, what? why don't we why don't we make games like what was the jumping point? Because creating something like that and then deciding, oh, we want to make video games is kind of a big jump in, in a sense. Right. What was it about, uh, um, you know, going from that to then chaotic era uh, kind of pushed you into this idea of like, you know what, we could make a game. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question, because also if you, you know, go and if anyone listening now goes and, and looks up Chaotic Era, you'll probably uh, feel like the, the game visually is in stark contrast to something that would be called Emoji Vision. 
Right, um, right. Very, very different mood. And I think, I mean, it's it's came, uh, it was a long time coming, I guess, both of our interests in actually making games. So, I mean, for me, I've always been, uh, you know, fascinated with video games. I think I've wanted to make games since I was uh, a little kid. I just never had really found the opportunity for it. And Gabe was the same way. And um, mm. before we had started working together, you know, in an uh, official capacity as Bobby, um, we had collaborated on a couple other projects previously. Uh, like um, there was a emulator uh, for Game Boy that Gabe hacked onto an Apple Watch back oh, in, cool. I think it was back in 2016 or 2017, uh, wow. which we also, uh, you know, worked together very lightly on and, and similarly on some other augmented reality projects. But that project, the uh, the Apple Watch uh, Game Boy emulator, that also went viral, got picked up by a bunch of publications. It was super interesting. And so me and Gabe had been kind of experimenting together in, you know, the video game space. And we both loved games and Gabe had been making some prototypes over the years. And um, and so he had had this this prototype for uh, Chaotic Era, which was actually just purely UI, which is probably the weirdest point to start a game from. And yeah. Usually in, in a, I think a game dev process, UI might be uh, near the end of, of what people are thinking about, especially at the prototype stage. But for us, it was the, the start. It started huh. from UI. Um, and we both looked at it and we're like, you know, there might be something really cool here. There might be something really interesting that we can flesh out. And so we've spent the past few years then uh, basically working backwards from the UI to to make a, a game that that fits it. That's amazing. So did you uh, did you have any idea when it comes to like, you, you know, uh, eventually I'll ask for like your elevator pitch, right, of like what this game is. Now you're telling me that the, the user interface was kind of built first and you looked at it and said like, oh, yeah, we could do something with this. Did you have any idea the actual like background or story or, or any of those mechanics or was it just seeing that UI and feeling like this could be something? that we can do something with. Yeah. So again, I, I feel like it's almost kind of backwards the way we approached it, but it, it literally at the start was just the UI. And I think, I think it, it was, we just had a vibe for a game that we wanted to get out there. We had, it was less <laughs> of, I know and that sounds so stupid, but it was less of any sort of, of specific, uh, you know, there weren't, weren't characters or a story that we had that we wanted to get out in the world. There was basically this vibe, and we obviously will get more into that game itself. But you know, we one of the things that me and Gabe first uh, bonded on, and something that we share a pretty uh, intense passion for, is uh, UI and interfaces in movies and video games and television. And so we both have been kind of like UI nerds, and in the sense of like in you know, Alien and in Blade Runner and even in more recent movies like uh, like Oblivion, the Tom Cruise movie from the 2010s, like mm -hmm. the, the UI in those movies always stood out to us. And we always were so interested in them. And so when we first, uh, you know, were visiting the, the, the or looking at together the prototype for what would become Chaotic Era, we were kind of like, this this looks like a computer in like an 80s sci-fi game like what we're putting together here like what if we made an entire game that just felt like you were using a computer in Blade Runner or an alien or something like that and yeah. so everything kind of spiraled from there so that's what i mean when it was it was kind of vibe and atmosphere first in the sense of like we just want to play with one of those computers we see in these movies all the time and uh <laughs> and, but then this like and we'll, we'll get into it more obviously but 
super interesting story and different ideas and everything kind of spun out from there of what would the world look like that had this device in it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an interesting way of thinking because you're, you're right. It is very backwards in the idea of traditional game design, but it is very different because it gives you this almost like a, a, a palette to work off of, right. but no real boxes to constrain you, right? True. You had this idea of we're going to be in this type of world. It'll have this type of look, but it could have been about anything, right? Chaotic Era could have had a totally different message, a totally different loop, if you will, mm-hmm. just based on that initial design of you saying, this looks super cool. Let's do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. And the the funny thing there too is also that for us, this was the first uh, major game project that either of us were working on. And so right. not only were we kind of building things in this backwards way from just this UI prototype that we found so fascinating, um, but we were also learning to develop games pretty much as we went uh, gotcha. at the same gotcha. time. And so, you know, the, we, me and Gabe frequently have the, the conversation, especially after working on this for three or four years together, of, uh, oh man, imagine... You know, we knew about that we were going to have this feature. We just knew that two years ago, like how much quicker we could have gotten to this point and that point. And <laughs> we always have those what ifs. But at the end of the day, we, we always finish the conversation with it's it's that weird process that I think got us to this point with the game and, and created. Well, I mean, what I think at least is, is a really unique and interesting experience, especially for a mobile game that um, if, if we had gone into it knowing what it would be, it would be a completely different game. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. If we had gone in and been like, we're going to make a, you know, real-time strategy game. Like we didn't even know that at the starting point. We didn't even know it was going to be real-time strategy. We were literally, like I said, just working off that UI. And so if we had gone in knowing exactly what we were trying to build, I think that the end product would have looked completely different than what we've ended up with, which is something that me and Gabe are super proud of and that we've, you know, gotten a a ton of uh, great reaction to from the community as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating to to hear this because i i've done a lot of interviews with people and i've never heard the idea of just stumbling kind of upon (laughs) their their big creation right it was it Um, was not the fastest way (laughs) to get to this point i'll tell you that much but but it got us here so right and that's all that matters at the end of the day you know the the end product is what we've got and that is chaotic era now let me ask you this because i think it's interesting you mentioned that this is the first video game type project that the two of you are working on together uh what is your your you know your your background before this right was this something where you both were developers was this something where you were totally in a, in a different you know field or, or or knowledge base like was learning video games your first world into any piece of something that looked like this i guess not because you did mention that you made an app right so like i guess yeah. what is your background is what i'm trying to get at in a long-winded answer yeah so so for both of us it's in um well gabe primarily you know gabe is a a classically trained computer engineer and so he's, he comes gotcha. from an engineering background he he was an ios developer for many years um you know that that has been his thing and then uh my background is in is in marketing and product marketing and oh, okay. that's when we first yeah. worked together so um for me i'm i'm relatively new to the development stuff i i uh focus more on the you know design and modeling and, and those kind of aspects mm-hmm. and the general mm-hmm. game design um, whereas Gabe is really the engineering powerhouse behind the project, but w- with a two person team, you're obviously both playing 
double, triple, quadruple duty doing all sorts of right. different things. But yeah, for 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 Gabe, uh, you know, he had a lot of deep experience in development and engineering already. But right. it was his first. It, this has been his first series go at uh, a Unity uh, project. Yeah, and, yeah. And for me, it was it was uh, completely brand new. So um, I've I've got you know minimal coding experience before this, but obviously over the last three four years, I've gotten. Uh, a ton of exposure um, sure. working through this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you built up quite a uh, quite a skill set there <laughs> yeah. over the years. Doing all the wrong things uh, <laughs> over you know over what? many years. You, you started off doing the wrong thing when yes. it comes to traditional design. So yeah. I don't think there's a right way that you could have done this. Right. But right. like we said, the end product is what matters. And you learned a lot of things along the way, I'm sure. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see, and I'm sure I'll ask you uh, a little bit later, but like if you would do the same process again this way for <laughs> whatever is that next project. But that being said, before we get into that, um, I, I wanted to just quickly ask before we get into the game, is this a full-time, part-time thing? What are you guys doing? Like, Is there a, a gig on the side? Are you just mainly like steer, spearheading this project to create Chaotic Era? Yeah, so... Chaotic Era, and I mean, this is partially probably why it's taken us uh, so many years at this point, but uh, it actually is part-time for for both of us. We both have gotcha. full-time careers, both got families, kids, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, you we, can't just let that, uh, can't brush that off on the no, side, I understand. No. So Chaotic Era, it's been, it's truly, and, and Bobby in general, it's truly been like a passion project for us, but... Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something where we both feel super strongly about, and that's why we've kept at it for all these years, right? But uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's just part time, uh, part time. Uh, I don't want to call it a gig, like I said, a <laughs> project and and uh, yes. something we like to just drive all of our creative energy into. Right, right. It is something that because I I love hearing that because it is very much a struggle where sometimes I'll hear developers who will come on and they'll say like I've put in like I've I've quit my job I've put everything like riding on this to make sure that this is a success and and it it can one it could be heartbreaking if it doesn't become that way but two uh, you know on the flip side of things for people like yourselves it can be a, a tremendous task because you literally are doing this in all of your free time. You know, yeah. it's it's like you have a normal, uh, or maybe not normal, but you have a nine to five type job or whatever it might be hours wise where you're spending a, a good portion of your life there. And then you're like, okay, now that I'm done with my job, I guess I'll do my other job. And then you <laughs> work on this game. So it's, it's you know, working on games, obviously it's, it is a passion project for a lot of people, but it's still work at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty... I'd say it's a pretty punishing hobby, um, to, you know, to put <laughs> it lightly. It's, it's, put it. it's super fun. Obviously we wouldn't do it if we weren't having fun. And it was, uh, to me, it's one of the most interesting things I've ever done in my life is, is, is working on this stuff with Gabe. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's tough. I, I think, I think there's that balance, right. Of, of it's time and life and, and, uh, resources and all these different things that you have to balance when you're figuring out how to, how to attack a project like this. And I think for me and Gabe, we were very fortunate to be in the position where we are able to work on this part-time and, and still have balance in our lives. Um, but uh, I have tremendous uh, respect and admiration for folks that just go full tilt uh, into it and and put that bet on it. Cause there's, there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, 
energy and creativity that gets unlocked from having uh having those stakes uh, i guess oh yeah for sure for sure yeah when when uh, there's so much riding on that one thing being a success you definitely put all of your your uh, time and energy into it um that being said i'm sure that chaotic era also has a lot of that energy in it because (laughs) you wouldn't be putting that much you know blood sweat and tears into this if it wasn't worth it um but let's dive into the game let's talk about this uh for those who don't know anything about it what what would your elevator pitch be what would your you know if you wanted to to show this off to someone or, or let them know about the game who hadn't heard anything about it, what would you say? Yeah, I, I think the simplest way to describe it is that Chaotic Era is a minimalist interstellar real-time strategy game uh, set in a universe inspired by 80s sci-fi. That's kind of the, that's the line that we frequently use to describe it. And I think it encapsulates it at a high level, but essentially what it is, is it's a mobile strategy game that looks and feels like, as I was saying earlier, a computer from Blade Runner or Alien. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in that uh, strategy game, the purpose of what you're doing is that, you know, it takes place obviously in the far-flung future, being a sci-fi game. Um, and uh, and Earth and the solar system are collapsing. And the, the corporations that, you know, uh, rule Earth in this kind of corporate feudal system in the future, they've put together their resources to, to build a fleet of evacuation ships to try and find a, a new home for humanity. And in the game... You take on, uh, you know, the the role of a, a leader of one of the crews of these spaceships, going off into the stars, coming across some different planets, and trying to to drop down on one and, and rebuild society from the ground up, yeah. while obviously dealing with all the uh, the horrors of space that come out of that. Whether that's you know plagues, electrical storms, earthquakes, everything that could possibly go wrong in space. Um, right. So that's the would game it, in a nutshell. Would it be? Uh fair to say that this is like the space version of oregon trail wow i think i think that's the first time i've heard that comparison um (laughs) you know what maybe (laughs) maybe wow uh it kind of it kind of blew my mind a bit there um yeah that it, it could be i mean so it's interesting because both me and gabe we when we were making this, we drew on, obviously, like I said, all these sci-fi influences, all that stuff yeah. has, has been huge. But from a game design standpoint, um, a lot of our influences have been rooted in like classic 90s real-time strategy games um, and, and turn-based strategy games and, and things of that nature, which Oregon Trail would definitely, or as we call it in Canada, it's called Yukon Trail. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not even, that's not even a joke. That is that is legitimately, oh, it has a different name here. Um, but uh yeah, we we've rooted the game in those kind of like, you know, that that golden era of of strategy games where things were a little more simple. It wasn't, you know, necessarily the uh, hero like MOBA mm-hmm. style strategy games that you see today. It was these more like large scale kind of slower paced, methodical, thoughtful kind of real time strategy games. Um, and so for us, so Oregon Trail. Obviously, there, there, there's a lot of uh, parallels there, but uh, I, th- I think that one of the closest proxies for me has been um, SimCity 2000. Okay, I think yeah. It, yeah. I, I, would, I would describe it as SimCity 2000, but way harder, uh, <laughs> way cooler. And, you know, no offense, obviously, to the SimCity team. And uh, uh, yeah, just, just uh, uh, optimized first for mobile platform. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So let's dive even a, a little bit deeper into that because I love the idea behind this. I, I'm a big SimCity fan, uh, at least back in the day when I was younger. What is the main, like, you know, you're, you're going through this, you're, you're trying to uh, find civilization in the harsh realities of space. And there's a number of things you might have to deal with and you're trying to build out this colony, right? But what are like the, the actions, the choices, the things that you're doing? Like what's the real gameplay loop, if you will? Right. Well, the crux of the game, like at its core, it's, the game is about energy, energy management, energy consumption. Um, obviously going out in a deep space, there's not a ton of energy or presumably there isn't a ton of energy naturally readily available. So, um, once a player lands on a planet, they, you know, roll out their, their little rovers that are, uh, housing their workers that are going to be able to actually build structures and, and find energy deposits. And at that point mm -hmm. they're going out they're like I said, searching for energy deposits, hooking those up to their, uh, back to their, uh, structures to power them, to harvest the energy, to build more structures and expand, discover new territory, uh, and, uh, and find, uh, special materials out there that are going to help them build up and fortify, uh, against the, uh, the disasters that they might be facing. So the, the core gameplay loop is essentially that you're going out, you're trying to obviously survive and, and keep your, uh, keep your population alive just through harvesting energy and making sure there's enough energy, um, to sustain them. And then gotcha. you're also trying to get enough excess energy to build up defenses, uh, to build up ships to eventually probably go to a different planet because the first planet you choose is probably not going to be optimal for human life. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and there's, I mean, we've put a lot of focus on just trying to throw as many curveballs at the player as possible. So we've even gone through the, the, uh, the work and the math of making it so that, so every planet is procedurally generated in the game. When a player starts up a game, they have wow. a completely basically new, uh, you know, galaxy to, to explore. Uh -huh. Um, and each of those planets, we, we've gone through it and made sure that they have realistic orbits around their star and based on their position, that's going to affect the heat on the planet. So it's going to affect it going to extreme colds or to extreme, uh, heat levels. And obviously, when it gets to those levels, humans aren't going to be able to survive. So the player is also on this ticking clock of needing to get resources, get what they can out of the planet, and then try and move on before it gets completely inhospitable for uh, for humans. Gotcha. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on, you know, one playthrough is going to have you constantly jumping from planet to planet because of you wanting to utilize that location best right yeah am i hearing that correctly yeah exactly it's like the idea and again this kind of comes from um how we started out with more of like this approach of a vibe and atmosphere we wanted to create uh it, it came from this idea that one you know um humanity as we know it doesn't have a great track record of uh of treating uh, planets and the climate well, uh, and and you know there there's uh, there's all sorts of stuff that uh, comes back to us uh, karmically because of that. Um, yeah, and yeah. so stick to our brand, right? Exactly. So we we wanted to explore like you know if humanity is on this path right now, and you know as we get further and further into the future here, um, things just keep getting worse. It's like where does that end up? And eventually that ends up where humanity is expanded out into the solar system a bit, but probably repeated the same mistakes and then gets to mm -hmm. a point where they're like, okay, we have to go really far away. 
right. and try and find this perfect place out there that's going to be able to sustain us and put up with our, you know, hyper industrialism and not collapse. And, uh, and so me and Gabe wanted to explore the idea of what if there's nothing better out there? You know, what <sighs> if, what if we are doomed? And obviously that's not a, uh, doesn't sound like a super fun premise for a game, but that was part of the, the vibe we wanted to create was, um, what if, you know, humanity gets this far and, and gets, uh, to this point of having interstellar travel, but there's not really anything out there for us. And we kind of turn into this, uh, species that's just trying to get by and, and right. has to kind of planet hop and take what they can and, and scavenge, uh, you know, to, to just keep their heads above water. And so yeah. we very that, much become nomads again, very cyclical, but yeah. in space. <laughs> exactly. So that, that was, that was the, uh, that's the idea we're exploring. So because of that, the game, yeah, the game is, is pretty, uh, it, it's pretty harsh and it's designed to be, to be harsh in that sense of it's difficult to build up a large, uh, you know, new society because, uh, most of the planets are, are terrible and scary and, and not, right. not kind to humans. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, right. We're, we're jumping to planets. We're trying to scavenge. We're trying to, uh, survive. What is the ultimate goal of the game? Right. And I understand that the idea is for survival, but is there a, you know, congratulations, you won type of ending, or is it more of like, how long can you survive under these harsh conditions? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's kind of a combination of those two things. So uh, there's going to be a few different game modes. And in this sense, we've looked a lot to games like um, Civilization, which we're, we're huge fans of, mm -hmm. as well as uh, even Polytopia on, on mobile, which is an absolutely incredible game. Um, we want the matches to kind of feel like campaigns right. from those games where there definitely is an end. Obviously the end is not always uh great. I mean, if you play <laughs> Civ at all, then as I, I mean, you sink 10 hours into a, into a playthrough only to just completely lose by the end of it uh -huh. happens all uh -huh. the time. But um, so there's going to be a few different game modes, some of which are about uh, you know, you have this allotted time limit. And how far can you get in that time limit? How many planets can you visit? How much energy can you harvest? How many ships can you build? And the mm. player is going to be graded on on those factors to, okay. to, to right. give them a, a score. Uh, you know, obviously, I know up to this point, I've been talking about the game in these very like philosophical and kind of, you know, grandiose terms. But we're, we are going to definitely have that, um, you know, arcade score element right. to, to the playthrough. Gotcha. Um, and then we're exploring uh, other game modes as well that are, potentially going to be scenario based like oh, that's cool. you know there's yeah. a meteor that's coming for the the uh solar system and the solar system is going to collapse at a certain point so the end of that mode is just to escape the solar system um we're, we're currently developing some of these other game modes to to keep things uh keep things interesting for the player but um yeah there will be there will be an end <laughs> to <laughs> to the gameplay uh you know it's not going to be like uh you know the real future where yeah, things just yeah. keep getting progressively worse, um, <laughs> there will be an end. And uh, it, one of the interesting things, so just to to go on a tangent a bit here, one of the interesting things with that and with how we built the game was, unlike a lot of other real-time strategy games and 4X games and other games in this, this kind of category, we chose not to have uh, enemy players. So we chose not to have 
competing civilizations or armies or anything like that, right. which um, made things a lot more complicated for ourselves. Uh, I will tell you that. Interesting. Um, but, uh, but that's also influenced like, you know, when you're building a game like this and you don't have just, you know, the red team that you're trying to destroy and then you win, what does the game look like? Right. right. Like, what does the end state look like if you're not just trying to, blow up the other team's base. And so that's been, um, that's actually been a really interesting uh, game design challenge for us over the past couple of years as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it it's an interesting concept uh, for sure, because a lot of people like this idea and, and know this idea and have kind of uh, you know, we've, we've had talks where you've heard in the news of like, Oh, what if we have to go to space and we have to leave the planet and whatever. So there's people who are always thinking about that. I think it's uh, a cool concept. I'm a big fan of like post apocalyptic world type scenarios um, in video games and media, but it is very much, you know, you have something like a fallout where there's, some kind of storyline that you're you're hooked with even though it's like you exploring the wasteland there's also something that's going on in the background that you're like trying to complete as far as an objective whereas this one seems very much a kind of open-ended like it's survival which granted you could have something very similar to like a don't starve or you know a don't right. starve together type scenario where it's just you play as long as you can and build that civilization um, but I like the idea of having these more campaigns or these scenarios of, you know, trying to, to give you that objective if you need. Now, my, mm -hmm. my first thing that I thought of, though, when you mentioned, especially because you said civilization, having that 10 hour run and then unfortunately you fail, right? Uh, that sucks, but that's kind of the nature of the beast and you keep playing to get better and you learn and blah, blah, blah things like that. But. Uh, this is a mobile game, which I think is interesting from that perspective, because I don't anticipate someone being, you know, on their phone for 10 hours, right? Is there going to be this kind of, you know, stop save uh, perspective in the game where people can put things down? Is it going to be, you know, real time, real time? Is it something where these runs will last as long as something in civilization? Or is it a little bit more condensed, right? How does that change? when it comes to gameplay and time from a mobile perspective? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question because that's another one of those things that when we first started out with the project, we had ambitions for these to be like multi-day campaigns and you know how crazy would it be if, if the uh, travel time between planets was like almost realistic based on right. hard sci-fi and blah, blah, blah. And so we, we had these ideas of like, what if, you know, you had to go, I'm going to launch a ship from this planet to that planet and you had to wait like three real world hours for the trip to get completed. Yeah. Um, eventually, though, as we went, we realized, you know, that's even though that's really interesting in and of itself, I think ultimately a more engaging experience for the player is going to be something a little more consumable, especially like you said, it's on mobile and um, playing mobile games like even a, a, you know, two minute long match is sometimes a super long length of time for someone to be playing a mobile game. Right. And so we've been balancing um, what that looks like be because of the, uh, because of the platform. And one of the games, like I mentioned before, Polytopia, uh, I think is the kind of game that does a really great job with balancing uh, having a pretty nuanced strategy game, but one that uh, doesn't take you days and days to complete a match. A match can be completed maybe like half an hour. Um, mm -hmm. so that's kind of what we're, we're aiming for with chaotic era. Definitely 
like there, it can be stopped and saved and a player can revisit it later. Um, but we're, we're trying to have that balance of something that feels as deep and rich as something like Civ, but that is a, a little more consumable and maybe takes you like 15, 20 minutes to, to play through a, a match, you know, because right. that's realistically what the time someone has to play a, a mobile game. Yeah. Yeah. And just to take a, a step back into the direction of the actions that you're taking or what someone will be doing in the game, right? What are the main forms of mechanics that you're you're going through? Because you mentioned it was a, a more minimalistic type UI and mm-hmm. uh, more of a, you know, you have that methodical thinking, but it is a, a simplistic version right what are the the actions are these choices you're making based on like which planet you're going to what type of uh you know where you get this energy reserves from or what actions you have to take like what are the you know uh, in some kind of example what are those like those dialogue boxes that might come up or those scenarios that might get thrown your way look like when you're playing this game right so when the game so when you first start any uh any match or campaign for chaotic era um you basically uh, are awakened from hypersleep or hibernation or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the computer on your ship is saying, hey, we got to land soon. Like we're running out of, of uh, energy. And you're given the choice of here are a few different planets that are the closest to us. Um, which one do you as the player want to choose? Mm. And some stats are surfaced on you know how much energy is on that planet, uh, what the current temperature is. Um, if there are special resources, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's one of the first main choices the player has to make is what is the best planet for me to start off on? And because, like I mentioned before, because everything is procedurally generated, you know, in our playtesting, we see scenarios where players choose the wrong planet and their match maybe lasts 20 seconds because they <laughs> go right into the middle of a, you know, complete shitstorm yeah, of, yeah. of disasters going on on the surface, or they land and it's like 200 degrees Celsius. Uh, and, and everyone just dies instantly. Right. Um, and so there, there's an element, there's a, first of all, an element of where the player needs to, to choose properly there. But then once you land, there's basically four different categories of actions that a player, um, takes. First one is, is harvesting. Like I mentioned, so energy harvesting, um, that, uh, is expressed really minimally in the game. So, um, we have the game board and obviously if you're listening to this, you can and look it up and get a better idea of what, what the game visually looks like because we also mm-hmm. chose to make the game entirely in black and white, which has been its own uh, design challenge in and of itself. <laughs> but um, uh, that's expressed. There are nodes all over each game board, which is uh, each planet that you land on, and you need to connect those nodes uh, via these uh, line, geometric line connections, right? And those can only mm-hmm. go a certain number of steps, and so you have to strategically figure out how you're going to... Uh, put your structures and your establishments close to those energy nodes. The second right. main uh, group of actions a player is taking is, is building. Um, and so obviously like any good real-time strategy game, a lot of the game is focused on uh, unlocking a tech tree and, and building more structures, building barracks and workshops for uh, more worker units to, to build more structures and repair structures and, and uh, everything of that nature, building, um, research labs to unlock uh, new capabilities uh, for for the player. And then there's another category, which is navigation. So that's a mix of on-planet navigation and uh, inter- interplanetary and interstellar. So um, that's b- 
building structures that allow a player to remove the fog of war on the planet, discover what else is out there, but then also building structures that are, are going to allow them to navigate to a different world in the event that they have to. Um, and then finally, it's it's uh, the, the last category, which is probably one of the most pertinent and, and one of the most engaging for the player is the defense category. And so um, building different structures like force fields, uh, turrets, um, different, uh, different weaponry that are going to help the player fend off the storms, obviously, that you're going to naturally encounter and the earthquakes and plagues and everything else. But, um, you know, also eventually rogue fauna and potentially uh, alien life that, that could be out there. Um, and so uh, I know I'm being mysterious in that point, but I like to have a little <laughs> bit of mystery where the game goes. But um, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's essentially when it comes down to it. That's, that's what it is. And it's the, the core mechanic, like the core um core mechanics of survival i guess in a sense right it's, yeah, it's yeah. collecting resources building shelter navigating and, and defending yourself yeah yeah all right well let's get to some of my last questions which about the game mainly is when can we get it into our hands right uh looking at your website it shows that your game should be releasing sometime this year and i know that you're not going to be like oh it's releasing this date uh, but what I will ask is kind of how is development going? Are you confident that this year is the year that we will see Chaotic Era? Yes. After after many years of working on it, I can say uh, that this is the year definitely when people are going to be able to play it. Um, we are currently looking at before the end of Q2. Oh, okay. Um, Very cool. Is, is when we hope to have it out on the actual App Store. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are currently in in uh, private beta testing and, and play testing, and so we've got a really great group of folks um, on our Discord uh, and uh, that have been on our email wait list uh, over the past few years, waiting for this game. Um, who we've uh, invited to join the the beta test on iOS, who have been who've been playing through it already. That's awesome. And uh, so I did notice that it was also iOS. Are you going to be launching with Android on that? you know, that official launch date, is that coming later? Are you potentially planning for, uh, you know, something like a, a, a PC port at any point? What does that look like for your roadmap? Yeah. So iOS is, uh, is our goal at launch. Um, Android will come quick after, uh, we mm-hmm. definitely are going to do an Android version. The demand for an Android version has been huge. Um, and so we, we've definitely made that a priority. And then beyond that, like we would love to, to eventually bring chaotic era to, uh, to uh, uh, the PC, uh, to to Mac, to maybe even consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to depend, uh, obviously, on the traction. Obviously, we've gotten a lot of excitement from the community about it so far. But um, if it if it proves a hit on mobile, we'd we'd love to expand it out to other platforms eventually. Okay. All right. Well, looking forward to that, and hopefully, it gets the buzz that uh, that it needs, so more people can enjoy it. Uh, I always like wrapping these interviews up with one final question about just general advice, uh, especially since this is a, a podcast specifically where all these indie devs are talking and if anyone's listening and maybe wants to get into this type of thing, right? They want their passion project of their own. Um, I love hearing from from all the different devs. Uh, you've been working at this for about three to four years. You said, if you could say, talk to yourself, uh, three to four years past self and say, here's something you really should have known that, or, or like, here's the things that I've learned along the way, what would they be? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, at the start, there's, there's definitely so many things we did wrong through the process <laughs> and that, 
Um, but ultimately, like I said, like a lot of that stuff, if we hadn't done the wrong thing at some point, or if we hadn't explored options that didn't go anywhere, we wouldn't have ended up where we are now. And there's still stuff where we, you know, we have this giant uh, art mood board file of all the UI and game explorations we made over the years. And sometimes we're working on a new feature and we're like, hey, we should grab that thing from 2019 that we did and we should reuse that element because that was super cool. Um, yeah. So sometimes those those wrong paths definitely uh, bear fruit. But I think, I don't know. Actually, I, I think the main thing I, I, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't, so maybe this is what I'd say. I wouldn't advise myself differently because that, uh, I think that even though it was a, a very uh, treacherous path to get us to this point. I'm mm-hmm. really happy with where we've landed. Um, okay. But for a f- another game dev or for, you know, me and Gabe on our, our next project, um, I think that the thing that I would do differently is to just get a prototype out to people as fast as you can. That's mm-hmm. like, it's a classic, uh, uh, you know, staple of product development in general. It's get the consumer playing it, get feedback, you know, get to understand that for me and Gabe, because we were coming into this project, obviously we came into it from a weird direction and we were learning to build a game ourselves. It was a while before we even had a, a playable prototype to get good feedback on. Um, right. But for folks that, that can get a simple prototype done of your game concept and of those core mechanics, definitely get that out to people as soon as you can. Don't be shy about it. Get that feedback because at the end of the day, like what makes game development really, um, a really interesting and crazy uh, category of media to work in is that it takes a long time to build a game, no matter what. And the chances of someone at the end of all that time, you sink into it, playing it and being like, wow, this is amazing. I love this so much. It's actually not that high. If you don't get that feedback early on, because if you're just operating in a black box and you put something out there, eventually after a few years, it could be that people are like, well, this is like not fun. So why yeah. would I play this? Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think it's, it's super important. And we've been, uh, we've uh, been getting really great feedback from folks and, and we've been loving the, the interaction with the community. Obviously, like I said, it took us a while to get to that point, but for folks that can make a uh, prototype quickly, get that prototype out there, get your friends and family playing it, ask them if it is fun, if they would play something like this, if they would pay for something like this, um and uh and take it from there i think that's that's probably the best advice i could think of yeah i think it's great uh for those listening chaotic era is currently in development but if any of this sounded interesting like kevin mentioned they are doing a uh, a wait list for people who want to beta test the game so if you have an ios phone and you want to try it out go head over to their website uh we will actually put a link to that in this episode as well as on twitter when we promote it uh but once again kevin thank you so much for joining today Thanks, Josh. This was great.